Derek Madera says, sound is fine here. Okay, very good. Isabel says, Discord causing Discord. Yeah, it's almost like they chose that name Discord because they knew in advance that later it would be used to destroy anybody who engages in alternative thought regarding media because you think, okay, they're censoring us here. Let's go to our own place. We have our own little enclaves. Once you establish yourselves there, they have a smaller pool of people and then they can infiltrate and they can spread their stuff and then later they can point fingers at you. And so that's why I just haven't touched Discord. It's there, Now, there's, there's another similar site I've seen. I believe it's called... It's been recommended to me. I'll have to look and make sure I get the name right. But there are some others. Gilded is fine. For some reason, Gilded has really not caught on with the audio chat. But we do need it. My point being, in order to activate the IPR Press Club, we are going to need some kind of voice chat. We could even do it on Skype. So we'll, I'll leave it up to you all. I mean, the, the purpose of this is um, we're going to be doing some directed research, and we kind of want to do a lot of the stuff outside of Earshot. And it's not for live streams. But I don't, again, we don't want to be infiltrated. We don't want to be contaminated by um, obvious plants. And obvious plants are people who are carrying memes for the government that wants to censor us. And so the one of two things are true. If somebody's carrying such memes or carrying ideology that is stemming from controlled opposition, they're either dupes, which means we don't need them, or they're active agents, which means they're nefarious, they're malicious. I don't take chances. Either they're evil or dumb. You know, who do you want to follow? Somebody who's evil or somebody who's duped? I'm like, uh, no thanks. But we have to have something of a litmus test. And we used to do this originally with our Discord server, where it was like, how many died at blank, and is this real or fake? And if they couldn't pass that, we just didn't let them in. A perception test. And you should have to pass it. And if you can't pass it, what would you want to do with a bunch of people who don't believe what you believe in anyway? It wouldn't make sense for people who still have some attachment to the world stage deception to want to hang with us anyway. We're like saying, hey, you can't sit with us. And they're like, how can we get in there anyway? Like, it, if you're truly worried, for example about your race going extinct. You're like, but my race. It's like, well, um, we don't have a racial filter here. You should just go spend your time somewhere else. You should be replicating, not hanging out with skeptics. Tominoid3 says, different colored glowies collect them all. Yes, a lot of glowies. Discord is all glowies. But I, I figured the truth is, and this is just what I kind of thought long-term, it will filter itself out, especially as we get into the election year and people get emotionally invested in celebrities. Should we even say politicians? Like, do we need to call Trump a politician or even, you know, any of these characters? Are they? I think they're just celebrities. It's celebrity worship and they're voting for celebrities. Let's stop calling them politicians like there's a difference. Reverse History says, we are the, yes, we are auto-hoaxing for the impending conflagration of the earthwide propaganda forest. They're going to intensify it. Like right now, Colorado just kicked Trump off the ballot. California is looking at the same thing. Other states are looking at it. They are going to ramp it all up. 
And Elephant Tusk says, do you think we'll have a Floyd 2.0 in 2024? It's possible. I think we're going to have two. I think there's going to be a couple of significant events on both sides. I think they're going to, they're setting up a fight. It's pretty obvious. It's been the case. And when it happens, it's going to be triggering. And the people who can't see through are going to get caught up in it. And we're going to have clear heads. Just like with 2020. You know, a lot of us were aware of what was coming, how fake it was going to be. And we watched as people around us got swept up in the anti-vax thing. They got swept up in the controlled counter movement. Reverse history says they censored the word Tinder. Okay, auto-hoaxing Tinder. Try kindling. Why would they have censored Tinder? You know, I censored it. I put blocks on certain words. I think we were getting spammed by sex bots in 2021, if you remember. We couldn't have a live stream without 30 or 40 bots coming in trying to spam people to go to different dating sites. And so I think I banned all the dating sites. I, I just took their keywords. I banned a lot of words that nobody here would ever use, but generally, sometimes you come across them. Now, anyway, let's let's continue with this. The movie Civil War hasn't even come out yet, and it's already being called Predictive Programming for Civil War. We've talked about the Kraken, the crack in everything, the meaning of the Kraken as a metaphor, the schism. And I often talk about how perfectly split down the middle everything is, you know, left, right, how it's beyond just Democrat, Republican, but that it's an actual intentional, bifurcated psychological warfare operation. And they've filtered people into two distinct categories, and it's all part of this black and white Hegelian dialectic. Now, what's happening next is they're going to somehow trigger some kind of event. And this Civil War movie seems to be predictive programming for what comes next. And that movie, Leave the World Behind, really kind of made the point in the subtext to under, I think to, to help the audience or to get you to understand that there's a sub, sort of like a subliminal, unspoken kind of war already going on. There's already tension. And that it's going to be exploited. The point of the movie was that the shutdown of the communications was only part of a strategy that involved um, causing a civil war by allowing the people to destroy themselves. To allow America to just destroy itself from within. And it's like, we could be at that point. You know, it looks like that's how perfectly poised we are for you know this civil war. And then we have stuff like this coming out, which just seems to reiterate what the movie reiterated, um, has been emphasizing. The 1619 Project, or the, the year 1619 and the White Lion juxtaposed with 1776, MAGA versus BLM, a collision of worldviews that have been made perfectly diametrically opposed. The political horseshoe, far, far, far right, red pill, far left, woke, and the woke and red pill are mirrors of one another. But here's uh, the Biden administration removing the Reconciliation Monument in Arlington. The monument was built 109 years ago, to honor post-Civil War reconciliation and national unity. Yep, they just removed it. 109, interestingly, kind of upside down. You know, 106, 109, we, we see these numbers quite a lot, but anything 16, 106, 611, 
seems to be associated with this Kraken thing. Um, we've been noting, too, that movie Leave the World Behind had a zip code that they emphasized, 11963. So you have 119, which I've described before as having reference to Genesis, the fall of the Tower of Babel, which is what the movie was about. The communications network, the one world language shutting down, scattering the tongues. Ethan Hawke's character can't help the lady speaking Spanish. So the 119 is pretty clearly accounted for. All of the Donnie Darko references. That's actually the date it came out. And I've been talking about this for some time, the meaning of this number and how often we see it in all these different psyops. Rodney King was beaten for 1 minute 19 seconds. Hit 33 times. But the other part of the number, 1963, well, the movie came out on 11:22, So the Obama produced Leave the World Behind comes out on the assassination date of Kennedy and the address contains the 1963 so these numbers are all worth looking at and scrutinizing because they're clearly a part of the story you know like again the 1619 huge part of the story the 666s it even had a die 666 on the screen when they show the cyber attacks read into that what you will but the assassination thing is interesting, the 1963 Kennedy reference. Because I'm thinking, well, what would cause a blackout? I've had this theory before, that they may not actually have to shut down the physical infrastructure of the Internet. But rather, they may just have to do something. Let's just say we had another JFK event. What would they do if that video got out? Because it would be so incendiary. Look what they did after Christchurch, when... Brenton Tarrant, remember he's like shot out to PewDiePie and he shoots up a mosque, drives down the street, shoots up a mosque, and he was live streaming it. They censored that video, they shut down BitChute in, in uh, New Zealand, they shut down 4chan for that reason, and they threatened with fines and prison anybody who shared the video or who had in their possession that video. Again, this was the Christ Church video where they were using this, I believe, as a dry run or maybe as a test. Like, how can we justify censorship for some loose bit of video, some mind virus that might be very destructive? Well, I think a video, there could be a, a, a situation where a video is so incendiary that they have to shut down the Internet. That's what I'm suggesting. Spreading the mosque shooting video is a crime in New Zealand. A teenager was charged over a photograph he posted few videos about this. Reddit has banned one of their threads over it. Social media races to stop the attack video from spreading. New Zealand debates free speech after this accused, yeah, the manifesto, they want to ban that as well. But again, what I'm talking about here is, and look, I watched it frame by frame by frame. It's 100% fake. But they use this as justification for censorship. And I thought, you know what? Imagine something similar, but involving, I don't know. I mean, if a similar situation to J. I mean, the Zapruder film wasn't even aired on TV for 12 years. Nobody saw it live. So I'm suggesting here that in today's environment, media-wise, everything's live. And I could see certain content perhaps being so disruptive to the very... Uh, social cohesion that they would have to temporarily black us out. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, that Disease X, this big shutdown, may be the result of, you know, um, imagery of mind virus, some kind of, uh, 
we'll see. Like, look, think about the impact of the video of Derek Western chauvinism kneeling on George Floyd for 846. If you recall, that was very distressing, very disturbing. Anybody who watched it, it was shocking. I mean, it w and it makes you want to turn away. I don't turn away because I want to find out if it's real or fake, and now I know it's all fake. But my point is, when it first came out, a lot of people were afraid to call it fake because it was just too intense and you didn't want to get blowback from it. But that's why you have the raft. You know, We don't have any of these fears about what the consensus might think holding us back from calling something fake, fake. It's not real until proven fake because people are emotional. It's fake until proven real. I don't care about your fake tears. Or your tears for fake people. Alright, let's continue down the comments. Mizell says, I found IPS 2020. Isabel Ann, IPS, February 2020, the only thing making sense. Yes, when everyone else is losing their heads, we're going to maintain reasoned dialogue. We're not going to be falling for any of these tricks because we're not plugged in to the 24-hour news cycle where every 24 hours you believe what happened yesterday and the next day and the next day. Just absorb it day by day. That's not how it works. You don't have to believe it until you have enough information to verify that it's true. And if you're not plugged into the rush, you can't be rushed to judge based on sparse information. Maybe you don't have enough information to know it's true. But if that's all you have, and you're in the habit of just assuming it's true until proven false, you're going to be left believing a lot of stuff without a lot of substantiation behind it, which is where most people actually are. All right, let's see here. My third eye says 1619 is the 256th prime number. I haven't looked too deep into it. Uh, the main thing is that number is associated with this, this new proposed starting point for America to contradict 1776. John Francis says anything can be faked, even vids that go viral that appear organic. No doubt. And this is what I said at the very beginning about how we have a level of visual illiteracy that means that if you're not already aware of the fake ability then you wouldn't actually be able to see it as fake if you didn't have some kind of outside information it's a closed system I often describe this as being at a magic show and if you're in your seat then you only see things from the perspective that the magician has it planned for you to see them from and the illusion is perfect from that perspective. It's designed to fool your eyes. It's designed to trick you. And unless you have his perspective or you wandered out of your seat, you would not have enough information to debunk it. So because you don't have the information to debunk it, what do you have to default to? Do you have to default to, oh, therefore magic? No. You still know it's a trick. You just don't know how it's done. And yet, when it comes to the media magic, People are like, well, I can't tell how it's fake, therefore it's real. That's not logic. The burden of proof is not yours. Now you can say, well, I trust the media. I think they're just objectively reporting facts. Okay, well, that would make sense if the media was simply recording stuff and sending it back to you for your edification and raw footage, but we know it's not the case. A lot of it is just context. A lot of it is the amount of time they have, the amount of content they can give you, and their, their, their bias, their selectivity itself, is part of the worldview formation.
they're making decisions for you with everything they show you by what they don't show you. It's actually reality curation. And that's what the reality monopolists depend upon. You needing them to curate your reality for you. Costa says Trump will be 77 years, 7 months, and 7 days on January 21st, 2024. The same time... Wait a second. 77, 7 months, and 7 days, the which would be the first day of his next presidency, right? How old was he when he first got elected? I'm pretty sure on his first one he was 70 and... Let me see if I can find that number here. There's a number of numbers, like 77, 777, that were really connected to Trump in 2016. It seems like it's repeating. Very interesting. Yeah, 70 years, 7 months, 7 days. I see. 58 is another one that follows him, and it also connects really strongly to Biff Tannen and Back to the Future. Alright, let's go on. I'm talking about the Civil War thing. Another example of where they're kind of building up this change to the zeitgeist to get us thinking about Civil War. Now, why is Civil War so scary when we just had World War Three? Like, in 2022, it's like, oh, World War Three just started. Now, Civil War is about to start. Like, we should be on World War Twenty by now, as many times as they've hyped it. This is like the 15th Civil War since, since Obama was elected. Like, it's always hyperbole. Uh, Pro-Hamas vandals have desecrated the steps of the Lincoln Memorial with graffiti. So you have um, blood on the Lincoln Memorial. The tearing down of the Reconciliation Monument. The movie Civil War coming out. Trump being kicked off the ballot. And now, let me play this Shattered Union PC trailer. This is something we played before, but it's been circulating again. It's a game called Shattered Union, which makes me think Tom Clancy, The Division. Uh, there's, there's so many examples we can give to this, this reference to a split, or a, again, the, the crack. This is Shattered Union, PC trailer, and I think it's foreshadowing 2024. Following a disputed election and a tie vote, U.S. Congress installs the most unpopular president in U.S. history as David... Now, one more thing. This came out originally in 2008. So, no, 2011. Okay, so this came out a little while ago. But it's about a disputed election. So it even kind of foreshadowed 2020. And a tie vote. The U.S. Congress installs the most unpopular president in U.S. history as David Jefferson Adams becomes the 44th president of the United States. Shortly after the election, increased unrest, rioting, and a growing number of militias have given rise to ever-increasing domestic terrorism. In response, the president invokes the Homeland Security Act and declares martial law on the West Coast and other areas of the country. Though highly contested, a Supreme Court ruling sidesteps the electoral process, disqualifying popular presidential candidates from several states. Disqualifying presidential candidates from several states. Let me play that again. Sidesteps the electoral process, disqualifying popular presidential candidates from several states. 
public outrage explodes when a sham election leads to incumbent David Adams. Okay, interesting. This again is Shattered Union PC trailer discussing something like what we are looking at right now. And I believe they have until the 4th. Tyrone McCloskey says, David Jefferson Adams, why not Samuel Jefferson Adams? Seems like they're adding some J-sauce. Hmm, interesting. Uh, you know, I've been saying since 2021 that we need to start quarantining the 33-year-olds. I actually said this before Jake and Jelly, 33, ran into the Capitol to spear and led the insurrection. Deranged man calling himself Captain America charged after attempting to enter a military base with an AR-15. Anybody care to guess how old Captain America here is? Again, I'm working on a design for my gold stars with the number 33 that I'm going to send to the first person to guess correctly on any of these pop quizzes. How old is the deranged man calling himself Captain America? He just tried to break into a military base. His name is Baruch Roche. And he was just indicted on one count of attempted possession of a firearm in a federal facility. And this is on 11-3. This happened in Tampa. Uh, Rome got it, 33 years old. Yep. 33-year-old, crazed man. Did, he refused to give himself his, his ID out. He said he was Captain America. And he tried to get on base. Demetria 101 says, Phoenician Z was seven. The letter Z is two sevens, one upright, one upside down. You know, that's really interesting. I was just looking at one of Alistair Crowley's books, Lieber Oz. And Oz, O-Z, this book is where do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law comes from. And it's a statement of rules by which they will live by. And it's kind of libertine, I guess. But I, I thought it was interesting because it's Lieber Oz, but they also call it Lieber 7-7, or Book 7-7. I'm like, what does Book 7-7 have to do with Oz? And and I was just kind of looking through it and thinking about it, and I thought, you know, there's probably it's probably 7-7 encoded into that Z somehow. G's, G33 says there's Z on the Russian chanks. Yeah, and then World War Z was just playing locally, and I went to go see it. And interestingly enough, it takes place in uh, Palestine and Israel, and it has zombies trying to break into Israel, and the Palestinians hide in Israel. But because they get together, the virus gets in. I mean, it's interesting because the timing of that being just, just uh, shown here locally coincided with the 10-7 attacks. All right, let's go ahead and continue again. 33-year-old trying to break into a base. Captain America, what does that mean? Well, I'd say AR-15 is a prop in this little play. Captain America associating patriots with terroristic violence and derangement. 33, well, again, Jake and Jelly, 33. Code Monkey Z, 33. We can go down the list. The common theme is order out of chaos. That's the motto of the 33rd degree, and I think these are chaos agents. That's what the meaning is. They're bringing in chaos so they can institute order. Again, if we had any common sense, we would quarantine 33-year-olds. 
Is the U.S. in a silent depression? Economists weigh in on the viral TikTok theory. A silent depression. You know, I've been talking about Leave the World Behind and the Matthew Perry connections, and there's more. This 1028 death, an eclipse, his character's birthday being 4-8, the eclipse where America's X'd out, the X across America in the movie on the map of America. And I, I was saying maybe Matthew Perry going underwater could symbolize this blackout also pertaining to some kind of financial collapse, the Titanic sinking. And he was, it was revealed, he was being treated for depression. So I'm thinking maybe depression, you know, even adds to the idea that we're looking at something referenced uh, financially. Tominoy 3 says, Captain America led the Civil War. Okay, I didn't know that. Now we're getting some of this. That's that's definitely a clue here. The plot revolves around the U.S. government passing a Superhero Registration Act to have superpowered individuals act under official regulation, somewhat akin to law enforcement. Superheroes opposing the act, led by Captain America, find themselves in conflict with its supporters. Okay, so Captain America started the Civil War. Fascinating. Again, against the backdrop of all this Civil War talk, the monument being taken down, blood on the Lincoln Memorial, the movie Civil War, the states kicking Trump off the ballot, on top of all of that, Captain America tries to get onto a military base with an AR-15. I think we are reading the Metascript correctly here. Costa says Trump was in his 777th month when he exposed Obama's birth certificate. Obama was in his 666th month when he left office, same time as Trump was 70 years, 7 months, and 7 days. I've seen some talk about Trump and Obama being 777 and 666, and it's interesting. If you look at this, what does it mean? And one is the Antichrist, one is the false savior, or something like that. There's some kind of story here. Uh, Obama's born, his birthday is August the 4th, which is um, interesting because it's the 216th day of the year, which is 6 cubed. And 6 cubed is 6 times 6 times 6, the 216th day of the year. And I th Pythagoras said that the 216, that number is the number of years it takes for a soul to reincarnate. He calls it the Phoenix cycle. So you have this connection between the the Phoenix, the 666, and Obama kind of tied in here. And there's something else too. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the minority House Speaker, has Obama's birthday as well. His birthday is also 8-4. Yeah, August 4th, 1970. Hakeem Jeffries, American attorney and politician. He has been the U.S. representative for New York's 8th Congressional District since 2013. Anyway, interesting here because uh, I listened to him speak once, and it seems like he has this Obama affectation. Probably not a coincidence. Speaking of affectations, I was listening to Tim Pool today. And he's still talking like Donald Trump. You've got to hear it. It's too late for him to walk it back. 
If he stops doing it, it's going to be obvious that he was doing it. He got in the habit, intentional or not. Maybe he caught a mind virus. Reverse History says, I wonder how closely Baum's Wizard of Oz Theosophy relationship connects to Libra, Oz, and Osiris. Haven't looked into it. Interesting. Well, Oz over the rainbow, there's something there. There's a lot there um, with Oz and Osiris. But this idea of the two different realities is kind of interesting. You know, I look at Alice in Wonderland and the Mad Hatter, Hades and Persephone, Dorothy and Oz, uh, Dolores and the Man in Black in Westworld. But you can find many examples of this dynamic, like this, you know, the person who rules this underworld and the person venturing in. And Dorothy going over the rainbow is interesting, where she goes into this other realm that he controls. But his the, the theosophy thing, I'll have to look into. I know there's other meanings to it as well, like follow the yellow brick road. Well, it's gold. And the Wizard of Oz, Oz is an ounce. You know, ounce of gold, O-Z. So the Wizard of Oz is a reference to investing in gold. There's a lot of meaning attached to this. But I find it very interesting when you look at the, the character Dorothy. And again, Dorothy and Oz and that relationship. And then can, you can compare it to Alice and the Mad Hatter, or in the Stanley Kubrick film Lolita, it's Dolores Hayes, who um, is is the character in that one, who, this is all really, it gets into the weeds here, but this dynamic is Persephone and Hades, and I've just seen it so many times, even recently, in some more recent iterations. We'll have to do a deep dive into The Wizard of Oz, though. The Wizard of Osiris. And you know his name is kind of interesting as well. Uh, his name, well his names, is Oz Pinhead. Oscar, Zoroaster, Phaedric, Isaac, Norman, Hinkle, Emmanuel, Ambrose, Diggs. So it's an acronym, but Oz Pinhead. And I thought, what does that have to do with anything? Well, Pinhead, in Hellraiser, is this Lord of the Underworld. He's basically like a Hades-like character, whose main symbol, interestingly, is a cube. And he is sort of like an Osiris character, because, you know, Osiris is characterized as having been dismembered, and then he's sewn back together, or rather, he's, his body parts are put together, and he's buried until he's resurrected. Well, the character of Pinhead was similarly ripped apart by these hooks that came from all directions and hooked into his skin and ripped into pieces. So he's also dismembered into many pieces. And his symbol is the black cube. And of course, he, he's in the underworld or, or hell or Hades. So I, I kind of find that to be an interesting connection as well. Kind of like the Wizard of Oz, he's the ruler of this uh, parallel realm over the rainbow wonderland where, you know, it's, it's just this archetype very fascinating character overall, though. Okay, let's continue here. Costa says, Robin Williams once called Trump the Wizard of Oz in a skit. Yeah, Robin Williams, interesting character. Remember his death was actually concurrent with an episode of Family Guy where he kills himself? I mean, what the hell? And it was even specific, like, he, he hanged himself from a doorknob or something, and in this Family Guy episode, 
he's appearing in all these different objects, really surreal, and he's even in a door at one point. We're talking about Robin Williams's real-time death happening on TV on a cartoon. That's an example of what I would call um, concurrent programming, I guess. I don't know what you would call that, mind effery. I mean, they're really screwing people up with this stuff. Eerie coincidence, it says, from the New York Daily News. Griffin tries to kill himself, then resorts to cutting off his hands to remove his powers. The episode occurred minutes before news broke that the Oscar winner had died. Yeah, here it goes. Robin Williams' Family Guy episode depicting a suicide attempt aired on BBC shortly before his death was actually announced. Unfortunate timing. Family Guy episode about Robbie Williams aired moments before his death was announced. Eerie coincidence, eerie coincidence. So weird that the Family Guy episode about Robin Williams was on last night just before it was announced that he had died. So there was some kind of concurrent predictive programming here. Same thing with the Boston bombing. There was an episode where the character is depicted driving his car over a bunch of marathon runners, and in another scene he detonates two bombs. Boston bombing, you know, two bombs. Two explosive crockpots. Okay, going through your comments. Captain America Civil War had the working title Sputnik while filming, says my third eye. Sputnik, interesting. Now that's again the the association with Sputnik would be Russians winning the space war, 10-4-1957, and then the first Vax, Russians winning the Vax race. Costa says, the doc in Back to the Future on the train is wearing the same suit as the Wizard of Oz. Okay, okay. All right, let's move on here. Oh, I didn't know that. Seth MacFarlane missed his flight on 9-11. All these celebrities who have these stories about 9-11 are very questionable. I think they're all agents and operatives. All right, let's move on. We'll dig back into Wizard of Oz and that character Dorothy. It's just intriguing because I've mapped it out on a mind map. And, and this character... Dorothy has some specific connections to Dolores Hayes from Lolita and Dolores from Westworld. And I'm wondering if there's a connection between the name Dorothy and Dolores. And the more I look into it, the more I find that, yeah, it, it indeed connects specifically to Persephone. And we've seen some fascinating stuff with this Persephone character. Remember when Gabby Petito was kidnapped? She was 22, Brian Laundrie kidnapped her, and they found her body on... September 22nd, it completely mirrored the story of the kidnapping of the spring maiden who's taken into the underworld, you know, this um, astrological story being told through a mainstream media psyop. Tyrone McCloskey says, James Wood is featured in Family Guy. He has the most repeated 9-11 story. I was going to mention him. When I was gonna list, I was gonna say hey, anybody who has a connection to 9/11, if they're a celebrity, it's pretty shady. They are probably in the know on some level. They're operatives, and James Wood, he came to mind. Wouldn't surprise me. You know, they're part of the same zeitgeist 
Metascript manufacturing operation, and that's really what it is. This is really just high-tech propaganda, all-encompassing, immersive, illusion-generating propaganda to encompass the minds of billions. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, it is the Tower of Babel. It is this, this unifying construction, the internalized mental construct of the world that we all share, that we're all integrated on and with and through and with the internet connecting us all. This is the Tower of Babel. And the movie Leave the World Behind is about what happens when it falls. Alright, let's continue. Jamitra101 says Mark Wahlberg skipped his flight too. And he shills for the Towers to Tunnels 9-11 charity. Right. And Mark Wahlberg was in a movie about the Boston bombing. Which is adding layers to the onion. Because the movie about Boston bombing is more realistic than the Boston bombing. But on the movie, they have to warn the viewers that they're going to show you actual news footage. Which is faker than what they show you in the movie. It, the, the public is deliberately being confused. They conflate real and fake. And your memories of fake events might be coming from recreations. It's certainly the case with, for example, Operation AI, a.k.a. Pearl Harbor, that much of the documentary footage that we were raised with, that you saw on the History Channel, was from recreations. They don't always mark it as such. One of the more interesting examples of, you know, I call this the desert of the designated real. Because it's, it's real if they say it is. And if they say it isn't, then it isn't. Like, one day... Oh, look, these, these people are showing off fake dead kids. The next day, we apologize. Those are real dead kids. Well, they look fake, so we have to wait until they tell us if it's real or fake. Do I call it this desert of the designated real? It's about whether or not they say. I mean, we're really, we're really in a very precarious position, if you think about it, where people are so dependent on being told what's real or fake, that their own senses have been bypassed. That's what I mean when I talk about this internalized concept of the world, the, the metaverse version, supplanting the real thing. You know, fake beating real. And we're witnessing the results of it. I'm actually looking forward to 2024. I think it's going to be a mess. Blaze Media says, Will life imitate art with civil war? Will life imitate psyops? My answer is no. That's fear porn. They're not going to use psyops to instigate some real thing. If anything, they're going to use these psyops. are going to use predictive programming to build up the belief that it's going to reach a crescendo, but it's never going to. There is no doomsday, no matter how realistic they make it look. But yes, these celebrities doing movies that recreate it, that kind of confuse memories, that's how the Mandela Effect works. Look, the Mandela Effect is a psyop, and a lot of the people who fell for it, or continue to fall for it, for whatever reason, are kind of missing this. That when you're asked to recall what you remember, and then compare it to another thing, you may not have an actual recollection of the other version of it, but your imagination will provide one. And you might mistake that imagination for a memory. It's about putting these things in the same context. 
and then confusing it and conflating it with a memory. And I think that a lot of these dramatic recreations have the same effect. Pippi Langstroth says, Happy Solstice. Oh yeah, speaking of the solstice, last solstice, we had the implosion of the Titan. This solstice, I think we might actually see, if they're going to do a fake nuke, it could be this solstice. And I say so because Godzilla is a metaphor for the nuke. Godzilla is also represented in the symbol of cancer, crab, kraken being imploded on the solstice. We're approaching the solstice, and in the Godzilla movie, he was imploded by being dragged down to the bottom of the ocean. So they implode this very conspicuous nuclear weapon metaphor six months after the Titan implodes. And the Titan cannot be separated from James Cameron and 9-11 and the sinking of the Titanic and the Oppenheimer's destroyer reference. So this solstice, again, was also uh, hinted at in the movie Leave the World Behind, where the rich guy with the bunker said, take care of yourself this solstice. So if there's going to be a fake nuke, and if I had to bet on it, I would say in a couple of days. And it'll probably be on the west coast. It'll be underwater. It'll be a water-based sea attack. Because Godzilla will be, you know, it's, it's a water-based attack. The destroyer from the abyss, the sea, the titan... All right, let's continue. Jamatra 101 says, all these dates mirror each other. It's all about triangular numbers. Yeah, well, you have 9-11, 3-11, and 6-11 stand out very conspicuously. I've been looking at these. Like, 9-11 was about the external terrorist. 6-11 refers to the internal domestic extremist. 9-11 uh, and 1-1-9 have a relationship. 9-11, obviously. The tower's falling. Revelation 9-11 has a reference to the Destroyer and the Destroyer in the Abyss. And that's where we get the James Cameron connection because on 9-11 he was filming a documentary called Ghosts in the Abyss and he was at the site of the sunken Titanic. And of course 1-1-9, the reverse, is a fall of the Tower of Babel reference. So if you can connect the West with the Titanic as a metaphor or the Tower of Babel, it all makes sense. It's the same basic concept. The West is the Titanic, or in the movie Don't Look Up, the globe was like the Titanic, and this comet was this iceberg incoming. And speaking of icebergs, you know, if you think about what we're doing, we're kind of an iceberg. We describe this thing as a raft, but the idea is we're creating a large enough body of people from this off-world stage perspective that we can um, make a significant impact into the mainstream, which will be very soon. That's what 2024 is really about for me here, is about uh, taking this auto-hoaxing perspective, this, 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 just say, applied skepticism, and metastasizing it. And a big part of it is going to be our publishing wing, which I'm really looking forward to activating. And that's one of the reasons why I was so um, pleased to announce that we have our press passes out. Because the way we're going to distribute the paper, it's an online newspaper, and I'll be selling the print version here from the store. However, I'm going to have a truncated version of it 
a free version that I will have distributed through anybody who carries a PressPass that wants to be a distribution node for it. And it's a small investment in advertising if you think about the turnover rate, which I think will be pretty good because when people see how this paper is connected to the website, how it has downloads, how it has reciprocal links, and how it's also being used to network specifically, not alt media, which is just regurgitated mainstream, but specifically uh, skeptical media. And skeptical media is simply anybody from the perspective that recognizes and includes the existence of psychological warfare and fake as the primary, you know, fake until proven real. And there aren't many people that we can name channel-wise that stick to that on all issues, but those that do, you know, we stay in contact with, and I think we can build off that. All right, going through your comments. Commenter says, Today at work, I recounted a news story of Catholic nuns killed by Israel in Gaza. They said it was fake, not actually Israel. Yeah, look, the way it works is this. If you're on the left, believe the atrocities committed by the right. If you're on the right, believe the atrocities committed by the left. If you're pro-Israel, you're going to think that everything the Palestinians show you is fake and vice versa. The fact of it is they're both fake. And if you're falling into any of these Hegelian dialectics, you're on the world stage and you're contained within the political horseshoe. And I wonder, how? You know, how can you still be contained within that, knowing what you do? And then why also? What keeps you engaged? I, have, I find it very peculiar when people defend mainstream news and you ask them, what, what do you watch? How much CNN do you consume every day? Because if they're not consuming news in front of the TV and absorbing it, why would they be interested in defending it? I always find that very curious. And I think it's part of this insecurity of the built into the mindset where the main thing you're afraid of if you're a normie, a blue pillar, is being outgrouped. You don't want to have an idea that puts you outside of the group. Political correctness typifies this. It's almost like a, a protective thing. Alright, let's go through my, uh, my Twitter feed. I had a few things earmarked as well that we have to get to. Oh yes. Let me play a few of these. We talked about Q earlier. And if this is going viral, it's getting out, and I believe it's because, you know, I'm, sh I'm, I'm suing Q. Look, I can't even overstate this. It's difficult to overstate it, but the fact of it is, yes, IPS is suing Q. Believe it or not, it's true, and it's going to be revealed very soon. But let me play a few clips just so you can see where we're coming from. Here's a conversation with Alex Jones describing his relationship with Q. And I have several. Like on the drops, he said that? You know something, Eddie. If we ever have dinner again, which I'm sure we will. <laughs> you know, I know who. You know, I know who Q is, right? What? No way. You know what? On, yeah, why, I, actually, why would the MSM? Why would MSM do that? Why would they do that? Well, see, why would, Eddie, they, why Eddie, would they take Eddie, that? Eddie, why would Eddie, you know, that? you've known me oh, uh, 50, 60, 70 years. So I'm I'm wrong about some things, but if I'm telling you something, this is actually real right now. Okay. Like like I, I know the whole history of Q. I know who started it. Okay, who is it now? Tell me. I want to know, dog. But dude, this show will blow up if you told me. I don't know who it is. Tell me. I don't know who it is. 
Now, if you're listening to this wondering what he's talking about, on the screen, it's Alex Jones talking to Eddie Bravo, and Eddie Bravo says he doesn't know who it is, talking about Q. Being very annoying, interrupting Alex Jones. He says, I don't know who it is. Well, here's an email from Q. Back then, before he was George News, he was MGTV. His email address is right here. This is all going, this is actually all part of my legal case against him. And he's talking about me. He says, I have three moles within his small circle that feed me info daily. One of them is his brother. Yeah, apparently he recruited a family member, and that's a separate issue. But um, there's a couple of others who were actually uh, recording and doing screen caps. They were spying on me for a couple of years. One of them was identified. I still don't know the third one, but it'll all come out eventually. And honestly, my intention is to have anybody involved in criminal cyber stalking, you know, brought up on charges. That's really what has to happen. He needs to go to jail. The truth of it is he needs to go to prison for this, for a lot of stuff. But here's what he wrote here. And now this wasn't to me. If you want to know how I got confessions Tom. from this guy, I'm a, a fisherman. I fished it. I was spying on him because we were trying to find out who he was. I didn't know who he was at the time. Nobody knew. And this was in his pre-Q days. And I was monitoring a live stream, and I saw him in the chat. And someone said to him, how did you keep IPS off YouTube? How are you blocking him? How are you pulling his channels? And he said, email me, and I will show you what I did. And before that person could email him, I created a spoof email. I emailed him, and I said, hey, I just talked to you in chat. How did you deal with that pest IPS? And he forwarded several emails to me that he sent to YouTube's legal department. So I actually have confessions, statements of malicious intent, email headers that went to YouTube's legal department where he was pretending to be me and tricked them to get my copyrights. So I tricked him into sending me the stuff. And one of the emails here he sent included this. I will be at the Flat Earth International Conference with Eddie Bravo. Just driving more info soon. So he's going to be at the conference with Eddie Bravo. You would think that maybe Eddie Bravo knows this guy, Q. I know the whole... So is he just playing dumb here? What do you think? Well, history of Q. I know who started it. Okay, who is it now? Tell me. I want to know, dog. But dude, this show will blow up if you told me. I don't know who it is. Tell me. I don't know who it is. Tell me. I don't know who it is. Who is well, it? Well, you know his name? You know his first uh, and last name. Will you let me tell you? Oh, my God. You're going to tell me on the show. Dude. Now, they drag this out for three minutes, and Eddie manages to keep Alex Jones from actually naming him. And Jones says, mm -hmm. I'll tell you over dinner next time we're hanging out with Joe Rogan. Okay, now here's another video. Alex Jones talking about putting pressure on Joe Rogan to dox Q. This, and actually, this is a... Yeah, that's what it was. It was, it was basically, he was putting... When was the last time? He was putting pressure on Joe Rogan to release the name, or he would first. This was actually in 2021. I have collected a number of times where Alex Jones has point-blank admitted that he knows who Q is, and that he's withholding the information that he and Joe Rogan know it. And that's a big deal. There's some significant implications to this. 
if you really think about it, one, you take away Trump's plausible deniability. Like the fact that he's being pulled off of the ballot in Colorado, yeah, it's a travesty. They're going to put him back on, I'm sure. But if you really think about it, the fact that he's associated with Q, who was pushing insurrection, tells you that he is guilty and should be pulled off the ballot if you go off the 14th Amendment the way they're reading it. But that plausible deniability is shielding Trump from culpability in the riots, and that's why they want to keep this hidden. This Q guy is in the White House. He's in the White House press corps. And a lot of people didn't want to believe it. Many still don't want to believe it. A lot of people I've shared this information with have ignored it and derided it, but the fact of it is, uh, it's true. Whether you want it to be or not, facts don't really care about people's feelings. And this lawsuit is going to bring it out. This lawsuit is going to bring him out into the open. And again, it was stamped. I have the civil case number. It's civil unlimited, civil infinite. I, I'm asking for a million dollars a year uh, for the years this channel was suppressed in this way. And it doesn't matter if Goldfinch has the money or not. My research on it suggests that, yes, he absolutely has many more times what we're asking for. But... Even if he didn't, uh, most of the damages are going to have to come from Google. Alright, let's see here. Going through your comments. Exalt says, is Q doing any stunts for Gladiator 2? No, uh, Q is not P. Godlewski. Q is, well he might be. There's a team of people. There's several individuals involved. But the one we're talking about is the guy who did the Q drops on Acoon. And the trip code kind of contains his old username, MGTV. MG7V. JXZNCI. And I think it's all just a, a made up trip code. MGTV, JX, Jesus Christ. He's a huge Christian. And I see New Zealand. He's a New Zealander. I think it's code, his, his trip code. But again, this is the guy who brought JFK Jr. back from the dead. Oh, one more point on this. Because there was a group of people behind Q, and he's one of them. Gene Ho has to be one of them. Gene Ho was Trump's photographer, and these two were working side by side. Well, Gene Ho was on a live stream, and people were asking him, is JFK Jr. still alive? Gene Ho, again, he's the guy behind George Magazine, the print version. And interestingly enough, Gene Ho kept touching his nose, a reference to RFK Jr. touching his nose to signal that JFK Jr. is still alive. So this idea of the Kennedys coming back to save everybody, it's still alive and well. And it's you can point fingers at who is behind it. And this information needs to get out because I think the public deserves to know. I think the QAnon Kool-Aid drinkers and all the people associated with them who are disturbed by it or are disappointed in it, in, in what it's done to people, I think they all need to know um, who's behind this operation. And why is why is Alex Jones gatekeeping Q's identity? Why is Joe Rogan gatekeeping Q's identity? It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good that Eddie Bravo either knows who Q is, and he's a truther, right? He's a truther. If Eddie Bravo's a truther, and he has a lead on one of the most, I would say, one of the most momentous psychological operations of all time. I mean, this Q thing is huge. The way it's it's destroyed the American right, this big smear operation. He knows who this is, and he's not going to say anything. Or he knows somebody who knows. 
all you got to do is go hang out with Alex Jones and Joe Rogan and they'll tell you. And he's not going to publish it. That's a problem. It's a problem for their credibility. If I had information on, on par with that, I would, have, well, I would publish it. You know this. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm a publisher. I wouldn't be holding it back for fear of betraying confidences. I mean, Alex Jones, I don't betray confidences. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure you betrayed the confidence of every single listener when you flipped on Sandy, uh, the Sandy Hooker thing. When you spent your entire career running laps around one tree to distract them from the forest. You know, it's not like every few years they fake a shooting to influence public opinion. No, they're all fake. There's a forest of fakery, and it implicates the media on all sides, including alt-media. And that's what they're hiding. They're hiding the monolith. What they're hiding isn't some covert agenda to eventually take your guns. What they're hiding is the mind control operation itself, which is so big that you can't see it unless you can step outside of the left-right partisan uh, political warfare. Uh, MG is not the MG show on Rumble. Um, he is George News. And look, I was heckling them and I was heckling Garrett Ziegler about this because I know what I know. And I got Ziegler to come out and admit that he is good friends. He said extremely good friends with George News. That's a big deal. That he know, And he, not only this, I have not been able to get the White House press corps to confirm for me that Goldfinch is is part of them. And I've tried. I've, I've actually tried reaching the White House over this and the White House press corps. I've been trying to get information and I generally get hung up. But I elicited the information. Garrett Ziegler, he says, the founders of each, George News and Marco Polo, are extremely good friends. One being a staffer in Trump's White House, Garrett, and the other, a credentialed member of the press corps. So there you got it. There you have it there. Garrett Ziegler letting us know that he's friends with Marcus Goldfinch and that Marcus Goldfinch is in the press corps. I got this information by trolling him. They really should just block me and ignore me. Well, they usually block me, but they don't ignore me. And now that I put pressure on them with this lawsuit, Goldfinch is going to come out. He can't hide. And now that he can't hide, he's trying to get in front of it by selling t-shirts with his partially revealed face. That's what the real agenda is here. And then he has this Gene Ho come out ranting in a video about how you don't want to be on the wrong side of history and you don't want to be doxing people. Like, I think it was directed at me, and I don't think I'm reading into it. But I don't think I'm on the wrong side of history here. The guy's a criminal. Uh, Lisa pointed out, Gene Ho was live on TikTok last night. In the comments, people kept asking if JFK Jr. was alive. He couldn't answer yes or no, so he kept touching his nose, just like RFK Jr. Redacted says, so Q was a PSYOP. Yeah, not only is Q a PSYOP, the deep state is a PSYOP. Q's not here to save you from the deep state. There is no deep state. Q is a massive PSYOP run out of the White House. This is a fact. And you know how many millions of QAnon patriots would be mad if they found out that their top trusted truthers knew the truth about Q and never told them? 
Oh yeah, this is just some boring actor from New Zealand with some gig to LARP in order to dog whistle to all the conspiracy theorists out there, get them under one umbrella as a voting block, and line them up to vote for Trump. That's all it was. There is no deep state to be destroyed. There's no children being trafficked to Democrats that you can save by tweeting and retweeting a bunch of hashtags. This is not fifth generation warfare with digital soldiers. No, that it's just chicken feed and mindless distraction to keep you from recognizing the monolithic nature of the mind control apparatus. So yes, is Q a PSYOP? Absolutely is a PSYOP. Look, January 6th was a simulated riot. Nobody died or cried. It was a closed movie set. You really think that Trump is going to be pulled off the ballot for a fake event and not called out as fake if he wasn't part of it? Like, if this was a legitimate attempt to take down a legitimate potential leader, uh, he would have said, uh, I'm not taking the fall for that riot because it was fake. Look at Wu's News. Trump would have Wu's News on video, on an interview, and he would say, hey, explain to us how you can show how Ashley Babbitt's not dead. Let's go ahead and just tear apart this entire ruse to destroy MAGA. But he's not doing it. Why? Because he's part of it. That's hard for people to accept. It's hard for people to accept that Trump is as much a part of the psychological warfare against the people as any of the Democrats you can name. Pelosi, Trump, same team. Any of these these villains they gave you on the left, these um, are, uh, even World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Trump, same team. They're all same team. The monolithic nature of media is the main thing they hide, and that's really the biggest takeaway from 9-11 for me is that you could not have executed a global PSYOP like that without monolithic control. But you couldn't have monolithic control without people rebelling against it, rejecting it. So what do you do? You give them the impression that it's fragmented, that it's been shattered into a million pieces. So they don't see that Big Brother is still staring them in the face because he's got so many faces you don't see him as a singular being. This is what I mean when I say they distract you from the forest with the tree. They have you looking at the thing, the current thing, the psyop of the week, psyop of the month or day, and you're looking at this one event, and it distracts you from the fact that there's a an, an entire array of psychological operations at all time, every day. I mean, really, MSM is a non-stop psychological operation, and you could say it's against the people that are targeted. You could look at it as a, in a way, almost as a military operation, insofar as it's being used to subdue, pacify. All right, let's move on here. Arrest Marcus Goldfinch, new hashtag I started. I'm considering buying a domain and publishing a website and putting a wanted poster up and actually offering awards for information. There's someone in chat who knows somebody who knows him, they said. Well, I'd be willing to pay for that information. So if you're an IPR deep diver, if you got a press pass, if you want to do some reportage, I would be happy to support somebody who knows somebody who knows him to actually do an interview with that person and get some information. Because we don't do hearsay. We don't do see-say here. Uh, we're going to get eyes on targets. We're going to get 
one-on-one -on -one contact. There's no reason to do any of this remote digging, remote archaeology like the mud flutters, thinking you can know what's under the ground by looking at old pictures on the internet. Like you can, it can lead you somewhere, but it has to go somewhere. Alright, again, if you ordered press passes, you probably got a tracking number. If you didn't, email me at timosman007 at gmail.com. Those are coming out. And I have a few ideas. And again, it's going to be a series of proposals. Various stories, various things we want investigated. For example, I would like someone to go, and I may do a lot of this myself, to the Neutral Buoyancy Laboratory, where they have the space station simulation in a swimming pool. I would like someone to actually go visit that as part of our overall critique of the space station movie presented as real. If you didn't know, the space station is not only fake, but the spacewalks are filmed underwater. Don't believe me, believe your own eyes. Watch a video of astronauts on a spacewalk, watch a video when they have their helmet cam on, and look at the lighting, look at the light loss and diffusion. The light loss and diffusion gives it away. It's underwater. Now, only the spacewalks are underwater. I've heard some gloobers try to misrepresent it and say that we're claiming that they're all underwater. No, uh, most of it's on a movie set here on Earth. The swimming pool here on Earth is where they do the spacewalks only. But the lighting gives it away and they can't walk it back. It's an Achilles heel. And ever since I've been talking about it, there's been a lot of attention on the matter. Even the USA Today did a story saying it's not underwater. It's almost like they're talking to us and trying to refute us real time. Uh, Tucker Carlson, the actual end of democracy. That's what everybody's saying about Trump being pulled from the ballot. In some ways, we still don't know exactly what it was. It was not a Trump-led insurrection. The crowd had no guns. They had no plan to overthrow the government. Nothing like that has ever emerged. And above all, Trump was not leading it. He was miles away at the White House at the time where he issued a public statement. Look, let's just be honest. Um, I know the story, Trump's the good guy, deep state, bad guy. But to say he wasn't leading an attempt to disrupt the proceedings is sort of lying at this point. Like, don't we all know that was the plan? Didn't we all think, those of us who were following it, that Pence was going to not certify and that they were going to provide an alternative slate of electors. And the reason why there was chance of hang Pence is because he betrayed everybody. That was led by Lynn Wood. Like, there's no question, in my mind anyway, that this was an attempt at disrupting the proceedings, causing chaos. Like, that was never a question for me. And, and, and now this idea of kind of like, I don't know, whitewashing it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Let me play this clip. This is Alex Jones hanging out with Ollie Alexander, pervert, and Nick Fuentes, groomer. And they're talking about blocking a certification of an election. And this isn't the one in D.C. on January 6th. This is actually a different uh, election. But what you'll hear is, I think, a, a clue as to what kind of thinking went into January 6th. And you hear Alex Jones trying to control the conversation a little bit. Sorry, I'm not trying not to. Come on, to they serve by the vote here, right? We're, yeah. we're inside. Let's not leave. 
<laughs> we're not crowd. No, we're not. We're not. We're not the left. We're not going to democratize that's ideas. We, that's how we can stop the Listen to me. Listen to it's me. Peaceful. Listen it's to peaceful. me. It's not a bad idea. Listen to me. What? Listen. Peaceful sitting. That's what we'll call. Here we go. If the hillbillies make up all the ideas, then we're going to lose the country. Okay. So now you listen to Ollie Alexander, the guy that uh, grabbed Owen Schroyer's crotch, uh, the guy who works with Nick Fuentes to compromise anybody that gets into America first. Again, it's kind of a a blackmail circle. But Nick Fuentes is right there behind Alex Jones, and they're talking about here again a conspiracy to block a certification. Pride your pride. Listen to me. We're going to stop the steal, but first we're going to stop the certification. Well, it's yeah. not going to fight. It's not He says we're going to stop the steal, but first we're going to stop the certification. And as soon as he says that, Bill Hicks starts interrupting him again and again and won't let him get it out. Certification. Well, so yeah. I get the fight. It's okay. Yeah. How are we going to do that? Let's, let's talk about it later. It's good. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. It's okay to have ideas. Everybody's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this idea, man. We'll just lose the republic. So, well, ideas a, are fun. Well, he, well, he, well listen, he, he can have ideas of private citizens. Yes. But, I don't, but we have our ideas. The point is, this is good. Everybody yeah. came here. We're kicking ass. It's wonderful. I'm just talking out loud with ideas, man. It's good, brother. I love it. You know? Okay, okay, I'm not trying to upset anybody. Believe AOC. me. One team, one goal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about it later. Let's talk about it later. The word decertification obviously triggered uh, Alex Jones there. Wonder why? Was he saying too much? Okay, here's another clip. Q in studio with Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. And here's Started Q. Should I? This is a longer clip. This is Alex Jones calling out Joe Rogan, saying, "You need to reveal who Q is, or I will first. We all know who started Q. Should I just tell all the Q heads? It's all sure get Q in here to talk about stuff. Da, da, he, he doesn't want to go on air. When he on air. One zero. We all know who Q is. Kind of like how Tucker and his friends all know who the bad aliens are. We all know. We all know who started Q. Should I just tell all the Q heads? It's all sure get Q in here. Yeah, we should, but they won't. And this is from a couple of years ago. Zero. Who still runs the, the biggest groups in the world? Does he, he run some sort of military operation in um, like Bahrain or yeah, something now, or Saudi absolutely, Arabia? Or absolutely. Something? The point is, is that. He comes UAE? out and says... Is it the UAE? Uh, you can One ask Q about it. He knows all about it. But the point is... This is whiskey's going to bring it out of him, bro. But, but you know way, what I'm saying? Black helicopter. Q and there's a big fan of you. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good. He Thanks. said he wants to roll with you later. Oh, shit. Oh, no, no, shit. Back, sir. So there's Alex Jones and Joe Rogan, and Alex is telling Eddie Bravo, Q is a big fan of you, wants to roll with you later. Now, this is in 2017. And this was right before, months before... Q emailed me and said he was going to a Flat Earth conference with Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo. So Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, Eddie Bravo, Q, all in the same circle here, months before the email from the same person. Let's continue. So, no, no, you said so, so. He said so you can kick his ass. No, Eddie just hey, had a, a disc replaced. Oh, really? Is he CIA? <laughs> it's, it's finally time. Hey, you want, know, actually, Q hey, I think that, might be with the CIA. It's all about now. fantasy land, and this is going to happen, and, and it's exciting, and you wait, and it doesn't happen 99% of the time. It's because it was set up to create a fight club deal and to see if they get people excited and, 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 and to be able to put articles out that Hillary's going... Now, this is what I, I believe is true. Alex Jones is talking about how Q was an operation to get people excited about stopping the Clintons. It's a LARP. It's a LARP. He's admitting it right here, as you'll hear. And this is what I've been saying, that it is a PSYOP. That it's like nine or ten people whose job it was 
to dog whistle and attract all the conspiracy theorists into a voting block to get them behind Donald Trump, which worked. And here's Alex Jones explaining all of this. Down for Satanism. It's not Dungeons and Dragons and, and live action role play for everybody. And the people that created it are big Star Wars fans and live action role play. The people that created it are big Star Wars fans and live action role play. Like, where is he getting this information? You know what? Big Star Wars fans and live action role play. And they're real people, but they just know everybody works. You know what? I'll just expose it. Okay, I like I gave Joe Rogan a deadline, and I love Joe. So he gave Joe Rogan a deadline. He said, you reveal it or I will. So apparently they wanted to reveal it. I don't know why they haven't yet. He said he didn't want to betray confidences. But again, he's already betrayed the confidence of all his listeners by withholding the information. He just needs to let this out. Joe, he's a good guy. I, I like these guys, too. I, I, I give them till next Tuesday to come out with it all, or I'm going to expose it next Wednesday. We all know who started Q. Should I just tell all the Q heads? So there you have it, and that's just a couple of them. I have a couple other references. He has made it unequivocally clear that he knows who it is, and they're withholding the information, and it seems like it got out of control, that it served its purpose, it turned a lot of people into dupes, it took all the conspiracy theorists into the political horseshoe, got them lined up with Trump, got them voting, got them plugged back into the matrix. So it served a lot of purposes, huge operation, has all the truthers in queue, waiting for a great awakening instead of doing anything meaningful Ma massive psychological operation run out of the white house provably so and again these big time truthers joe rogan alex jones they know about it and if they know about it and they're not talking about it that's a problem if they know who knows and they're not pressing that person why you know i think there's a, a problem it's a credibility issue again with any so-called truther who knows about this who isn't talking it's a big story it's one of the biggest stories if you look at the impact of it. And for them not to be forthcoming, it just looks really bad. It's looking really bad. So, again, my, my point of it is the lawsuit's going to force the issue. It, it won't be another year before this gets out, guaranteed, within the year. In fact, whenever the Garrett Ziegler trial with Hunter Biden um, gets assigned a date, they're going to do discovery, and all these... Independent contractors that works with Ziegler, uh, George News, they're all going to be doxxed. So it's happening, and that's why they're panicking. That's why he's trying to raise money by selling T-shirts with his face on it as though he's a victim of political oppression. Uh, Pro-Hamas vandals have desecrated the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. We talked about this earlier, but the Lincoln thing, Civil War memorials. Captain America, who started the Civil War with an AR-15, getting... Uh, almost breaking into a military base. I think we can see a buildup with all of this, leave the world behind, AG's new movie, Civil War, that they are preparing people for, well, Civil War. All right, let me go through my notes. This is Jim Brewer. And this is a short clip where he's talking about uh, Biden. First of all, also, I don't think Biden's real. Call me conspiracy theorist. That's not a human being. That's, he's not. He's been. I'm trying to get it out of General Flynn. He won't. He won't let it out. No, no, that's him. Oh, okay. 
Oh, it's Jim Brower at one of these uh, great, what is it, Amer Awaken America tour, just saying Biden's not real. Not a big deal here. This is like an old, old story, but I just thought it was notable that he's asking General Flynn to tell him the truth because this is part of this idea of devolution. And what they believe here is that Q is part of the White Hats and they took over already. They already killed all the bad guys. The deep state's already dead. We've already won. But because it's so much it. of a shock for people, they've replaced the bad guys with clones or actors and doubles to maintain the charade until a time where they feel like they can tell us the truth. So what they're referring to with you know, General Flynn, can you tell us the truth, is when are they going to reveal it? When are the masks going to come off? When are we going to be going to be let in on it? And the, the noners, the Q heads, believe that they have been on the inside this entire time enjoying the show, watching the movie. So they're sitting back waiting. They're waiting in queue for this great revelation for the curtain to drop, and it just hasn't happened yet. Just two more weeks, just two more weeks. They keep pushing it back, and at some point, we're all going to get the truth, or at least that's what they think. And there they sit, waiting in queue for somebody to tell them the truth. It's pretty sad at this point. Very culty. And, and not culty in a good way like this. This is kind of culty if you think about it. You know, we are uh, fostering a culture of disbelief and skepticism of mainstream world views, the dominant paradigm, and building a community on that premise. That's very culty. But there's a huge difference between destructive cults and, you know, positive cults um, or cultures, you could say. And I would say a culture of disbelief in a world gone reality fluid and immersed in subjectivity is actually sensible. The raft is a sensible alternative to the sea of irrelevance. Breaking Lieutenant Governor of California has sent a letter to the Secretary of State asking her to, quote, explore every legal option to remove former President Donald Trump from California's 2024 presidential ballot. They're really ramping this up, aren't they? Pulling Trump off the ballot. This, again, ties into Civil War, Captain America, and all of that. Again, if you missed it, this has been the news all day. Colorado Supreme Court removes Trump from 2024 ballot based on the insurrection clause. And I'm not taking sides on this, but just being 100% honest about it and objective, yeah, he did set off an angry mob, and it, even though it was staged and fake, the sentiment there generally agreed upon was, we got to stop the deep state pedophores. What did they think was going to happen? It's just strange to try to play innocent at this time. Just own your stuff. Own it. Have accountability. You know, you tried. It was a power move, and it failed, and it looks really bad on you. But to say that you didn't do it or you're innocent is just gaslighting at this point. Self-gaslighting. Which is kind of what they're known for. Uh, let me play this clip. I found this on my TikTok. This is something I found a couple years ago. This is Johnny Depp. And he says, When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? Obviously a reference to Abraham Lincoln. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. And there's a clip here of Snoop Dogg, who recently quit smoking pot, but I think it's a ploy to sell edibles. 
and he's pointing a gun at Donald Trump in a music video. And, and if you remember, they even killed Trump in Julius Caesar, Shakespeare in the Park. I think it was in, was it in Central Park or something where they had this play where Trump was Caesar and he got killed. So they've been killing Trump for a long time, a really long time. Why? Predictive programming. They're going to JFK him. See, that's kind of what I think. And at this point, I'll just put it out there. I think there's going to be some kind of event that is so triggering that they have to take precautions to spread this incitement by shutting down portions of the internet. Exactly like what they did with the Christchurch shootings. I think that's a precedent-setting event, and it got through, and everyone was fine with it, and it served its purpose. But I think that's happening next. So that's kind of what we're waiting for next, I think, is the next... um big event. And the movie Leave the World Behind showed a nuclear bomb, a, a mushroom cloud. But why would they specifically do a mushroom cloud, a nuke, and announce it so obviously in a movie? It's got to be, if you ask me, maybe a metaphor. And I've been thinking it could be an event that's a reset event. Any sort of event that everybody experiences at the same time that synchronizes us. A world synchronizing psyop. How many of those? How many world-synchronizing PSYOPs have we, have we experienced? I mean, look at the atom bomb, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. That obliter obliterated objective reality. It didn't destroy the world, but it destroyed the integrity of our shared internal world because now it's being mediated through this mendacious media that augments it with things that don't exist. So in other words, we entered into this augmented staged reality with the advent of the atom bomb. Then you can look at the JFK assassination or the moon landing or 9-11, these types of things where everybody agrees that this event happened and it shocks everybody the same way. Everybody has to change accordingly. These are big resets. And I, I think that we're being primed for a major reset, whether it's a mushroom cloud simulated off the coast of Seattle and flooding or something, or if it's something else, but I think it might be metaphoric. Like, for example, a JFK-like event. And why else would they have associated JFK with Trump for so long? Symbolically. Just the immersion of all this JFK lore attached to Trump. Then the cult is saying, oh, Trump is John F. Kennedy in a suit, in a costume. Why would they associate it if the objective wasn't to lead here? And now you see Donald Trump with a 47 on the time on the side of his head. Because he's going to be president number 47. Well, 47 has some specific connotations. Super Bowl 47 was the Blackout Bowl. 2013. Same year that the movie American Blackout with Obama in it came out. Foreshadowing this newer Obama movie. But more importantly, 47 being associated with the Blackout is very interesting. Considering, again, Derek Chauvin... 47, stabbed 22 times on a Black Friday. Hockey player 47, slashed by player number 22, uh, black on white. There's this black on white, this Hegelian dialectic is being inferred here. Thank you, Dramatria101. appreciate the support very much. We all do, and uh, that's what keeps the text alerts going. 
anyway, my point is this 47, this 22, there's been these, these numbers have been reiterated again and again. And ever since, you know, 47, 4th of July, the Highland Park shooter, I've been paying attention to this. And the Highland Park shooter was the guy with the 47 tattooed on the side of his head. And he had an unhealthy obsession with Lee Harvey Oswald. So there's your JFK association. He had Lee Harvey Oswald on his wall. So you have this Oswald-associated, or rather obsessed, mass shooter with a 47 on his head, associated with Trump because he's going to Trump rallies. And then he shoots up a 4th of July parade. So all kinds of 47s attached to a shooter, a headshot reference, temple, the side of his head, where Trump wears the 47. And then I've even connected this to Joker in Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, Kubrick film, if you do the subtext of it and you analyze the characters, you can see that Joker is actually based on JFK, who did, who was, again, we're, we're looking at uh, Kubrick revealing his role in world stage events. But anyway, that character, Joker, wears a target on the side of his head, right where JFK got shot. So when I saw Trump with the number on the side of his head, I'm like, you know what? That might be sort of a Kubrick-esque reference, if you ask me. But this 47 thing also has another connotation. The, you know, Trump was the apprentice, right? Well, if you look at the structure of the Masonic death and resurrection ritual, which is what we're ultimately referring to, tied into JFK, the killing of the king, right? They come in as an apprentice, but it is in the third degree where they are symbolically killed and resurrected. And in the third degree, there's a lecture about the 47th problem of Euclid. So 47 is connected to that particular ritual. So there's just another tie-in. And another tie-in could be the, the player number 47 who had his throat slashed. Well, in the Masonic Rite, you have what's called the penal code, which is if you spill the secrets, you get your throat slashed. So there's another connection to the ritual with the 47 and the death. And of course, the black and white stuff ties into it. Derek Chauvin, Western Chauvinism getting stabbed 22 times. And the number 22, again, significant. Leader of the Proud Boys got 22 years. Derek Chauvin got 22 years and six months. But what is with that? 22 stabbings for 22 years. Player 22 hits 47. Now, 666 months ago, Saran Saran shot RFK, so there's that. Uh, how, old, how old was he at the time of the shooting? And there was something else about him a couple of years ago. I know he used a... Did he use a 22? i I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, okay, it was a 22. So that was another connection. Saran Saran used a 22 to shoot RFK. There's a story being told in the numbers. I'm glad that movie, Leave the World Behind, was so ham-fisted. Because I'm getting a lot of reviews from people who have never listened to Infinite Plane Radio. Have never delved into Metascript Breakdown. But I did put an article out about the 1619 meeting. And 1619 was where the emergency broadcast was being um, transmitted on the movie, Leave the World Behind. And if you searched Leave the World Behind and the number 1619 for the first couple of days, 
now a lot of people are talking about these Easter eggs, but for the first few days, the Infinite Plane Radio podcast on the topic was actually showing up on a lot of searches, and I was getting a lot of hits, and I got a few reviews from people who probably wouldn't understand most of what we're talking about or wouldn't care for it, but um, a lot of, look, is the 1619 Project a racial reckoning the USA needs? Like this type of thing, 1619 versus 1776, Western chauvinism or the Proud Boys versus BLM. This is the black and white. This is the manipulation of the Hegelian dialectic that they are playing upon. And the crack, the schism, is the dividing line between the two. And speaking of the Masonic cult, you know, they use the black and the white checker floor. I think it represents something, because they say they're on the level when they meet. And I think what it represents is that those who are in the know, those who have been shown the light, who have been separated from the profane, who still wear the hood over their heads, who are hoodwinked, uh, those who are in the know are on the level walking on top of the black and white tiles, which I think it represents they're a level above the manipulation of the masses, that they see through it, they've seen the light, that they're not being subject to the same psychological war. Like, and you could say we're in the same position. It doesn't affect me. Do any of these Psywar antics affect any of you other than just entertaining, intriguing? Like, are you negatively affected like the normies are? No, because you don't have the same auto-belief. You have had the digital hoodwink removed from your eyes. And I didn't do it. You did it yourself. You thought your way out of the labyrinth. Nobody can take it off you. You have to do it yourself. All right, continuing here. Reverse History says, Disease, Solar, Eclipse, Corona, X, Crisis, crossing the U.S. from 2017 to 2024, marks the universal mind control spot. Yeah, hey, that solar eclipse crisscrossing America is referenced in Leave the World Behind when they show the American flag cut into quarters, half of it blood red. And Bing Chandler's birthday is 4-8, the day it's completed, and he died on 1028 which is the date of a lunar eclipse, and it is also Julia Roberts's birthday, and she was in the movie. And, of course, he was in the movie as well. Indirectly. Interesting dates. Bill Gates's birthday. It's the date that Elvis got the polio shot on TV. It's the date of the first Q drop. It's also Joaquin Phoenix's birthday, 1028. And then that environmentalist who chained herself to the tennis court said we had 10 28 days left and that leaves us until march 27 2025 according to their prophecy jamatra 101 says great work tim best on youtube yeah it's the think tank it really is we have a great collection of decoders reality decoders the best way i can come up with describing this thing is the worldview we've been given has been falsely presented as complete they've given you a puzzle you, you grow up with the puzzle. One of the first pieces you get is the ball earth and dinosaurs. You know, you learn about dinosaurs when you're a baby. All your cartoons are about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are anthropomorphized a bit. They talk. They're lovable. And they're all over your pajamas and the bedrooms and the toys. Dinos everywhere. Then you get to school, preschool, and you're shown a globe. And then you're 
in kindergarten or so and you learn about, oh yeah, dinosaurs died because of the mass extinction. So before you can even really even pronounce extinction, you know, you have the idea that a big rock came from the sky and killed all your friends, basically. Your imaginary friends, these dinos that you had bonded with, are all dead. So your idea, your concept of mass extinction is implanted early. So you get this big puzzle piece right away. But then as you go through your education, more and more pieces are added to the puzzle until you graduate and it's complete. You know everything. And anybody who has pieces that don't fit in the puzzle is a conspiracy theorist and you need to burn those puzzle pieces. But those of you who've looked closely at the puzzle see gaps because they have forced pieces in specifically to exclude the pieces they don't want you to see. And what we're doing is we are working on this multi-million piece puzzle because one person can't do it alone, it requires a lot of people. And that's what we have been doing this entire time. Alright, let's continue. Jamatra101 says, Joker was the logo of the 1717 Masons in England. I didn't know that. So the Templars were disbanded in 1312. They came back as the Masons and the first lodge it emerged in uh, 1717. I didn't know that there was a Joker thing there. I'll have to take a look, though. That's interesting stuff. All right, continuing here. Lickety Split says, Jester is Mercurial. Yeah, the Trickster thing is is associated, of course, yeah, Trickster, uh, Mercury. That's kind of an interesting sort of tangent, but the... And the word voodoo is not appropriate, or it's not it's not actually accurate, I don't think. But if you look at these very, like, hoodoo, uh, voodoo, these various Afro-Caribbean religions, they all center around a, not, it's not their god, but it's like the intermediary to access the spiritual realm. And he's a trickster, and he's associated with the planet Mercury. And I see that very common. Mercury, of course, is uh, uh, where you get certain, well, the trickster thing, certain archetypes. It also has an 88-day orbit around the sun, if you believe the you know conventional heliocentric model, which is also kind of interesting because the 88 has constantly been associated with time travel in all these various instances of predictive programming. A lot of 88 stuff associated with Trump, 9-11 has the tribute and lights, 88 lights. And there's 88 constellations in the zodiac, which is like this wheel of time. So I think there may be some connection there. Again, it's from Back to the Future, which has Trump in it as Biff Tannen. But to travel through time, you need 1.21 gigawatts, 88 miles per hour. Cubstar says, the dinos have long, complicated names... Some children spend a lot of time learning the names. There may be a mind trick there. Right, and then you go to the museum and you see these sculptures, or you see these bones, like, oh, you know, you could dig these up. And it's believable. They don't tell you that these things are made in China and that the actual discovery wasn't as cool as this gigantic skeleton, but it was basically just a toe bone and everything else is an extrapolation. Like, I know how it works. Let's say I'm an archaeologist, and I need a grant. I'm going to go to a playground, and I'm going to find a chicken bone, and I'm going to say, I think this might be from a 
complicated named dinosaur. And then I'll get the funding to discover it. And with enough money, you can discover anything. Give me a plot of land and tell me to discover something there, and I will. And it wouldn't take very much. And you just you come up with a model, and you submit it to some factory in China that makes these plaster models, and they set it up in the museum. You get a big press release, and they think, look what we found in your town. And people come from all around and look, and nobody checks the tag on it. It's all a mind game. But what does it represent? Well, it's a monument. It's a monument that backdates their story. So like, oh, look, what we told you is true. 66 million years ago, a big rock hit the earth, and we can prove it because of this, this, and this. It's all part of their creation myth. So we have alternative creation myths. We have creationism, and then we have their Big Bang story. And I think these are uh, parallel creation myths. I don't believe in dinosaurs, necessarily. I believe in plaster models and, well, these are more or less, like I said, they're, they're monuments. These are children's stories. Tyrone McCloskey said, I heard the same extrapolation howler that a towbone will lead to a two-story tall T-Rex. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's pretty obvious. There's an incentive, sort of like what William Hurst said. You know, uh, William Randolph Hurst, he's like, you provide the pictures, I'll provide the war. It's that simple. And by the way, um, Hearst had hired JFK's father. And then JFK, I think he did war photography or something. Um, that was his... Um, let me see if I can find some information on that. Because there's a connection here between the Hearst family and the Kennedys, which is very interesting. Yeah, JFK... The military photos from the Kennedy years... I'll see if I can find it here. But there was definitely a connection with the Kennedys and the Hearst family. That was kind of something I was, I was thinking about exploring. Here we go. How JFK's brief stint as a World War II journalist influenced his politics. So there you go. And this is the role that is that he plays in the movie full metal jacket it's actually jfk being referenced there it's just sort of like this inside thing that kubrick does with all his films even in the shining the manager of the overlook hotel is obviously jfk all right i have to go run some errands i will have more time tomorrow i think we'll be taking uh, calls probably earlier civil war is about to kick off it should get interesting we're pre-auto-hoaxing everything as usual. It's not going to be real this time. It's not going to suddenly get kinetic. This, it wasn't like we've just been observing a build-up to when it's all going to go down. Uh, it's, it's not going to end like that. There is no doomsday. There is no end. It's a non-stop cycle. And any ending is just a new beginning. It's all encoded in their symbolism. That, that's kind of how it works. It's this recycling they recycle a lot but the reason why they don't end it is because um, then they will lose their control it's not the thing itself but the threat of the thing that gives them all the power Tyrone says JFK was planning to buy the Boston Globe after his second term interesting well JFK Jr you know George News 
And people look at the George News Magazine and, and think that it predicted 2020. And you wouldn't be wrong. It had a lot of interesting references that seemed to indicate foreknowledge of the 2020 agenda. Which doesn't mean the 2020 was real. It means that the general storyline, at least in broad strokes, was known to the insiders long in, in advance. All right, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. This is Auto Hoax or GTFO. Sign up for the archives, and I will check the volume uh, before I submit it this time, and I'll see if I can get all the levels right. Thanks for your comments. This is Chief Crow and the Flat Earthworms. I'll put a link to this below. says Timmy Tim the realist yeah well we are off-world stage you know we are operating from objective reality we are the only objectivists in the world the objectivist society the legacy of Ayn Rand no nope, they went into subjectivity when they fell for Apollo 11 they went into the movie world when they cowered in fear 